Andrew, no check out. Stay and build your country. Nigeria go survive. There was a jackpot bug then. Bottom line, bottom line, nothing survives for a long time without systems. If it rises and falls on one individual, did that one individual leaves the the show or the um, the the stage, that system collapses. Hey. You're listening to Spotlights by PSNYPG. Join me for thought-provoking, career-shaping conversations ranging from career advice in and out of pharma, life stories, and everything in between in the company of exceptional pharmacists who are thriving in their careers. If you're looking to develop your ultimate pharmacy career playbook, this is the show you should be listening to. My name is Nelson and I am delighted to be your host. Subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts to stay updated. Okay. You're listening to Spotlight from PSN YPG. This is episode 7 and you're welcome back. Um, I hope you've been listening to the older episodes. Um, last month we couldn't come with an episode, we needed to take a break. And our numbers, please, you guys. <laughs> you need to get our numbers up on this show um, because Spotlights was conceived with that idea to actually help us understand and see where most people who have blazed trails in the healthcare space and from a pharmacy background, what they've been able to do. And the interesting thing is how pharmacy sets you up to be able to do so many things, even beyond what it was that was in pharmacy school, that would have been probably community hospital pharmacies and things things like that. So um, that's why we're doing this. And um, yet again, we have another very special guest on the show today. Today, I have um, Pham Ogenemchuko Kasiana Omaraye, who is the CEO of New Heights Pharmaceuticals Limited. New Heights is a leading company specialized in pharmaceuticals and medical devices, wholesale and distribution in Nigeria. And because I don't like to give too much away before we start, I would like, um, I always like um, our guests to be the one to kind of like tell, their, tell, tell us who they are. So I don't want to do a biography or try to make you see who this person is, but I, I like to start with three words that you want to describe yourself with. So if you would want to describe yourself, sir, what three words would you want to use? <laughs> you should have, you should have, you should have given me an insight into this kind of questions. Um, <laughs> Three words I would like to use. Simple, easy, and um, fast. That's awesome. I think one of the reasons why I do not tell the these three words, I like it to be spontaneous yeah. because you don't get to think so much Simple, about it. Simple, easy, fast. No, that, that's yeah. great. Simplify anything you want to do, make it simple, make it easy and make it fast. Awesome. And I've actually seen that a lot around you and I believe we'll still see most of that as we continue in this conversation. So yeah. to start with, I'd like us to begin from getting to know you, so more around your background, so like where you grew up, mm. where you probably went to primary school, secondary school, you want to share, and what I'm growing up for you as a child was like. <laughs> okay. Um... Okay, so my name is Ogenochuko Kesena Omarwai. 
Um, I was born in um, Delta State, specifically I was born in Mori, um, some 50 plus years ago. Uh, so uh, my primary school education was um, at Mo Primary School because I grew up in the center of town of Wari. And um, uh, growing up in Wari was quite an interesting um, experience, especially the time I was born. You're just coming out of the Civil War and, and, and all that stuff. So it was quite an interesting um, time to grow up. Life was free, people. Nigerians loved themselves and um, it was more like another fresh opportunity for everybody to become somebody and that was the time I was born. Born to my dad, my, my dad who was a businessman and eventually a politician and uh, my mom who was, uh, who was into business as well too. So um, it was... That's that's it on that's a nutshell. Yeah. So, so a lot of it has been yeah. kind of like business. <laughs> well, well, you well in a, in a, in a kind of yeah. They've always been that uh, business business thing. But of course, my my parents always wanted us to to go to school to study to become professionals, you know, and all that stuff. So I went from more private school. I went to Unity School Agbaro, which is um, which was um, one of those very good schools, government-owned schools in those days. And then when I finished my secondary education at Unity School Agbar, I went to Government College Uheli uh, to do my A-levels. Um, so you can see that all my um, educational career was within that space, Wari, um, Uheli, and then um, at the end of my A-levels, um, in between A-level results coming out, JAM results came out and it was good enough to go to the University of Benin to go and study pharmacy. And so I went to the University of Benin to study pharmacy. Um, very interesting experience there because um, pharmacy school was very challenging, was very disruptive. Um, you know, some of us wanted to eat our cake and have it and it was a very difficult, <laughs> it was a very difficult balance. Yeah. Eating your cake and having it was a very difficult balance, you know, but we still felt that we should live a more rounded life and all that stuff. And um, it came at an extra, at a, at a cost, you know. But at the end of the day, we look back, I'm grateful to God for all the experiences um, that has brought me to where I am today. So, graduated from um, pharmacy school, and um, was thrown into the real world of pharmacy. Yeah, but I think before we go into this, I really want to understand about them. Um, you mentioned um, eating your cake and having it in yeah. pharmacy school, yeah. and then there being a consequence. A consequence, for that. consequence yeah. So if you're able to share, you want me to share one light on it. So you know, pharmacy school has a way of conditioning you to do book, 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 and some of us wanted to do book and still live a life. A social life, I still have a social yeah. life. Um, maybe for, for, for some of us, I use the word some of us because it was not just myself alone, you know, but we had a lot of young, we're young then, we're young, we wanted to explore, we wanted to, we wanted to see much more than pharmacy school, and so we we're involved in so many other things, going to parties, uh, living the life of a young man, if I may use that word. And um, maybe we overdid it at some point and ended up with, a, with an extra year in school. <laughs> so that's the consequence of, of you know. Um, but the most important thing was that um, 
at the end of the day, we graduated from School of Pharmacy yeah. and we are pharmacists today. Exactly. <laughs> and, and the awesome professional yeah, that you had yeah. So you were already talking about life after pharmacy yeah. school and yeah. getting into the labor market. So yeah. I think we can go into, go that. into that. Yeah, so, right so living, living pharmacy school, um, because of the experience of having to spend an extra year, the extra year was actually partly a contribution from the government because there were all kinds of strikes that year, and it's, it's so pathetic to see that the same strike is still, still going on even now. It's such a pain and such a shame. Um, but all of that added to the fact that it made us lost, made me lost a year um, to to a schooling. But when I left school, and um, we were meant to graduate, for example, in 1994. We didn't graduate until 1995. So I didn't graduate until 1996 because I had an extra year, you know, and all that stuff. So um, at the time I left school, I was like, man, I've, I've done my internship and uh, NYSC, so I'm not going to do any one of those, <laughs> those two. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if this program is, it is okay for me to say this, but in that, no, in, that, in, that, in that period, um, I had an interesting encounter with God, yeah. okay? And um, my life and my priorities practically okay. changed, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, for that singular encounter made me go back to do my internship, do my NYSE, and started working as a full-time pharmacist when I left doing all of those things, you know, so, um, but it was an interesting, um, interesting uh, opportunity. So I did my, I did my internship at the very famous Eco Hospital in Lagos, um, and then did my NYSC at um, Obamashaw Central Hospital in Oyo State. After which, uh, all this while I was, um, I was, I was, so we talked about business background, yeah. all this why I, I was into one form of, I was, I was into one form of business or the other, because while I was doing my NYC, for example, while I was doing my NYC in Obamashaw, I discovered that a lot of pharmaceutical companies were manufacturing paracetamol, vitamin C, and um, a couple of other pharmaceuticals. Then there were not too many regulations, I'm talking about um, the 90s, late, mid to late 90s. And so I approached one of those companies. I said, "How do you get your raw materials?" And they said, "Well, they have to travel to Lagos to come and buy paracetamol powder to do their paracetamol." I said, "Ah, okay. If I can get it for you, oh, would that make any sense?" I said, "Why? If you can get it for us, why not? We'll buy from you." So I traveled all the way to Lagos. I started looking for 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 businesses that sell raw materials, APIs. I'm a, I'm a pharmacist, so I, I made my counter. I found a, I found a couple of them, and I was able to buy APIs from Lagos <laughs> with my with my NYC allowance. Wow. Took it to a bubble shop to to one of the pharmaceutical companies. I said, "Look, guys, this is your API. Check it. If it meets your specification, let me know, and then we can continue to supply. And this is the price. And they were all happy. Obviously, the, whoever was giving them API before was slapping them. I was probably not giving them what what they were yeah. paying for or something. I don't know." So it's always been. Uh, I think that was the the eye opener that okay, there's there's beyond the um, 
looking for trichomes in, yeah. uh, in the lab. <laughs> There's a business here and all that stuff. So I, I, I don't think I've ever shared this side of my, my ex- experience. But yeah. And I think that's a great thing with Spotlight because we get to get a bit more personal yeah. and to know you a lot more. Yeah. That, that's great. So I think this is a good point to also ask. Um, people call you Mr. O. Yeah. I want to know how that name came about. <laughs> So, you know, <coughs> I just introduced myself. My name is Ogeno Chuko Kesena Omarai. The K is actually an initial. I hardly call my Kesena. So they just call me Ogeno Chuko Omarai. And then I, I, I got to a point where the complaint was that ah, this name is so long and it's so difficult. And I said, well, people prefer to call me Ochuko. And I don't want to answer my name in beats. I want to answer my name in full. The full name is Ogeno Chuko. It means a lot. And you need to split it up. The meaning, kind, it kind of dissipates the, the meaning. So, and, and I want it to, I want it to remain so. Okay, how do we meet in the middle? <laughs> okay, so if you cannot call the full name, then you can call me Mister O because it's actually all the notable Omarai. So just call me Mister O, and that's how. Uh, Mister O gained traction, especially in pharmacy circle. But of course, those that know me. Pre, pre-pharmacist calls me by my, by my first name and um, they just call it Ochuko, Ochuko, Ochuko. It's very common, it's easy to pronounce, yeah. but, right? but I prefer my name to be called Ogen Ochuko. Yeah. Alright, great. So, I think we've talked a bit about what you've done and some of those things. You, you also, in your book, um, Principles of Genesis, you also talked a bit about after school and then getting your first job and all that. So, I wouldn't want us to go so much into that. Yeah. Um, but that's an interesting part. So, if you want to find that, that you have to really go and read the, the book, book Principles of Genesis. Yeah. Um, it's a lot in that book, so so much to unpack. We might try to look at some things from the book um, while we speak today, but you definitely will not get everything by just listening to this conversation. Sure. So go get the book. That, that that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> All right. So um, in what, what a lot of things you did in the book. You spoke about so many principles. I think about twenty one of them. 25. 25 of them rather so and one of them that stood out and why i'm saying it at this point now is the principle of nothing and because i want us to talk about new heights pharmaceuticals <laughs> new heights pharmaceuticals let me let me just even found boy a little the first time i was ever here was in i think 2019 or 2018 i had not gone for internship then i was still a local pharmacist at um, evergreen pharmacy in port harcourt and my boss then has had asked me to come that he wants to start purchasing from new right so he just asked me to and and i said okay i'll just go to new rights because i visited lagos that period and i came in and one thing i noticed was this place was different from every other wholesale distribution outlet I had ever been to. Yeah. And they asked me, oh, you still need the, we need the pharmacist license, yeah. we need the superintendent pharmacist license, we need to be sure that it's a pharmacy that is purchasing this. And that is something that you would never at that time had seen at an wholesale pharmacy. Most people were more interested in just being able to push out their products, yeah. sell it. But I had come to this place where they were saying, we have these things in place. If you have not satisfied this thing, to show us that you're truly someone that should be a customer, you cannot be our customer. 
and at that point i said okay i need to really know something about these people and i think it was around that time i now began to look at new lights and then at the point when i was thinking guest for spotlight your name was already a number one <laughs> and you will notice that it had been such a long time, long time coming, for, yeah. coming for yeah. us to have this conversation yeah. so it had always been there and back to the principle of nothing yeah. and back to some of the things you had said while we started this conversation in that you see a problem like you saw that mm. there was no APIs around for them mm. to get and then very easily you thought about it came to Lagos made it very easy for them to get those things and then you were making money from it and then same, same also kind of like for starting new rights because in the book you mentioned you were kind of distributing for someone and then at some point they could not continue but because you already even saw a problem that the person you were even distributing for did not see at that time you decided to pursue it and that was how new light came to be. Yeah. So if you can still walk us a bit more through that journey, <laughs> it will really be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, referring to the book Principles of Genesis, I actually wrote that book because I felt that um, it's good to share experiences. Um, we live in a country where every generation seems to start afresh. And um, it's important that we don't repeat that in our own generation. I had the privilege, I would digress a little, I had the privilege of talking to uh, a, ph- a pharmacy daddy, we call him pharmacy daddy, uh, uh, Julie Pharmacy, Julius Adelusi Adelui. And in 30 minutes I was sitting with him. The man, the man exp- explained to me his experiences and practically everything that I was dealing with at the time I had a conversation with him. And it struck me that, wow, whatever it is that I'm going through right now, this man had gone through it when he was my age. Don't forget, he's, um, he's in his 80s now. Yeah. And what he was telling me was things that happened some 30 yes. years earlier, 40 years earlier. I am in my early 50s now. And I had this conversation with him when I was in my 40s. Okay, so... A lot of the times, there are so many things that we are going through. Someone, somewhere has gone through it. The question was, the question would not be, did we ever have opportunity to get information on what the person went through? How was the person able to overcome them? And that is the basis for which this book was written. Another example for which this book was written was, I mentioned it in the book. Maazi Samohabwa shared his experience about a business transaction that he, that he did. Interestingly, I had a similar experience and I was chatting with him on the day the book was launched because he was the chairman of the book launch. I said, if I had read your book just one year earlier, I would have been able to save myself a lot of headache and loss of money. So back to the book. So the book was written just because I wanted to share experiences and I wanted to inspire and encourage a lot of young folks that are coming behind me. They don't have to go through all the issues I went through. We talked about the principles of nothing. The principles of nothing is just a principle that says that you can start something. You don't necessarily have to have everything to start something. If you can identify a problem and you can identify a solution to that problem, if you can solve that problem, then you will make money because people pay you for the problems you solve. They don't pay you because you are a Christian or because you are a Muslim or because you are from one part of the country or from another part of the country. No. It is only government that pays people like that. Yeah. <laughs> Life 
in itself doesn't pay you that way. Life pays you to the extent to the value you are able to give, and that value must be able to solve problems. So, a Bill Gates and a Dangote is solving problems for a lot of people. So they make they make a lot of money. If you solve problems for small people, you will get small amount of money. So it's just it's, it's just like that. It's just like just like a, a nutshell. I mean, you can expand this theory further, but the principle of nothing was just trying to let people know that for every business concept, for every business idea that you have, if you truly have a remarkable solution to solve that problem, you will earn money. So it is not the money you need to have first for you to solve the problem. It is the solution to that problem that you need to have that will attract the money. So if you go back to the title, the principle of nothing, it means that you don't need to have anything in your bank account specifically. You don't need to have anything materially speaking. You just need to have an idea or a solution in your head to solve a problem. And once you can crystallize that idea, that solution to a to a to a, a practical form that people can identify with, then you'll be paid for it. So that's just it on a nutshell. And I always say too that okay, somebody said, okay, yeah, you have that idea, you want to translate it into the practical terms. How do you go about it? I say, and I tell I say, people, people are watching you. If you believe so much in that solution, you're able to convince people. People will invest in you. You don't people don't invest in businesses and ideas, they invest in human beings. So if you have the character trait, you have the personality, you have the passion, you have that desire, and you truly have a remarkable solution to solving a problem, people will, will give you money. I've had situations where people have come to meet me over the years where they want to start a pharmacy. And I just ask them one or two questions. I will know whether they are starting a pharmacy because their friend just opened another pharmacy down the road. So that's why they want to open their own pharmacy. I'm talking about pharmacy because we are in the pharmacy yeah. space. Or because they truly believe in what they want to do and they are passionate about it. When you are passionate about it, it shows. It's just like somebody who is in love. When you are in love, you know you can't hide when you are in love. When you are in love with a woman, you can't hide it. Or when a woman is in love with a man, you can't hide it. It shows. Just by talking to you, we know where your passion is. We know where your heart is. So, I repeat again. You don't need anything to pursue a great idea. So, in our case, for example, just like I wrote in a book, I met a guy who is a very close friend of mine. We've been friends for so many years till this very day. And... Uh, you know, he had um, uh, products that he was selling. I said, look, guy, can I take some of those products for you to help you redistribute to more places and see how we can, um, you know, grow this business and make money for ourselves. And the guy said, why, fine. I have issues. I've not been able to go to some other places. You can help me do that. That's fine. You can help me do that. Collect money. Give me my money. I'll give you your, uh, you keep your, your margins and everybody is fine. Okay. We started that. I, I putting those products in different uh, pharmacies. Now the next problem was, okay, how do we make sure that the products are sold off the pharmacy? So after my uh, official working hours, I was going out to those pharmacies that I, that I had a relationship with, that I did business with, and I helped them to work and to sell their products and to sell my own products. And then they were always happy to pay. So I was able to solve the problem of payment, solve the problem of introducing a new premium multivitamin supplement into the market. Integrity meant that these goods were given to me without me putting down any money, right? Yeah. So therefore, if they paid me the money, I shouldn't go and buy iPhone 14. <laughs> I should make sure that I take 
the portion of the money that belongs to the owner and give it to the owner and keep only my profit. If my profit is enough to go and buy a for 40 and that is the one that is doing me, no wala. Or else, keep the money and grow equity. And that was exactly what I did. Okay, so we did this over a period of time. And just like I wrote in the book, when the guy was, um, was no longer so interested in the business, I started doing it in myself. Started bringing in the product myself. Started marketing it myself. And over time, uh, moved on to starting a business of my own because there was some form of capital now to now go into a proper business um, operation. And, and, and that was how I started. So if you go back to the for what principle or nothing, I didn't have any money except uh, a relationship, equity of trust, and um, integrity. That was all. And then, of course, um, the, the idea, the idea to solve a problem. And this idea can come in different ways. It doesn't have to be this. It could be something else. You know, and you know, earlier on, before we went on this discussion, I would say I'm, I'm happy to see a lot of fresh ideas coming out from a lot of young people. These are opportunities. There are so many things that have not been thought of before now that people are going to be doing moving forward. Yeah. So it's about crystallizing those things in a way and manner that it truly adds value to people's lives. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's really great. And, um, <laughs> so I, I think I'll just quickly move on to yet another thing. And it's still from the book. <laughs> and because I really want... You, you've talked about a lot of things. And starting from nothing. Mm. And then you're now at a business that transacts in multi-millions of dollars. And it's interesting to see that happening from zero, right? Yeah. You didn't need anything. And you also mentioned the, the person you were even in business with earlier fell off from the business. And that still means, for example, now someone probably invested in someone that ends a business at, at some point. Mm. If there's no passion, like you mm. said, there will be no continuity yes. and, and all that. So you didn't really need so much to begin mm. to build what you're built today. And it, it's really great to see. So the part of the book which I want to read um, is from page 90. And this paragraph says, um, systems help businesses to run well the same way our bodies function in systems, like the respiratory system and digestive systems. Yeah. We also have other examples, like the solar system that mm. controls the activities of the universe. Yeah. We must always think systems, mm -hmm. because it gives us a wider perspective of the business. It begets order, and order begets increase. Mm. Systems also help you to leverage on order to maximize resources available to you. Yeah. God operated in systems when he created the world and put man to run it. Mm. So we should develop the habits we should develop the habits of operating in systems. Mm. And it takes me back again to what I said about coming here for the first time yeah. and then they told me <laughs> all these things needed to be done. So how did you at that time or, or when exactly did you know that that was really important? Okay, so again, um, I talk about it. Associations are also very influential in people's lives. When you've been when you've been associated with 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 um, institutions, you've been associated with individuals. You begin to see and to learn, and that plays a role in shaping your mind. Um, um, when you also read, when you also 
have the opportunity of traveling. Unfortunately, people, the only travel that Nigerians are doing right now is the travel of Japan. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is, unfortunately, I use the word for that. I hope we we'll have time. Maybe we we'll touch on that one if we can. I really love to touch on it. But you see, when you travel out of this country, you see a lot of things that has already been done in other parts of the world that is not yet that has not yet been done in Nigeria. And I tell people, I said, and which is why it's so unfortunate and painful when you see our government officials, they travel abroad, they see how things work over there and they come back here, they cannot implement it. Because when they go there, they were not going with the intention of going to learn. They were going with the intention of just collect their ESTA code and all the other stuff that they normally do. And they are not paying attention to the, to the learning opportunities and to bring them back home and all that stuff. I don't want to go into the politics because I, I, at least for now, I'm not a politician. So let me not... <laughs> meddle into politics you know right. but what i'm what i'm saying is that i i've been in so i told you i did my i, I mean we, we all went to university university yes it, what they call a university system am i right yeah a university system means that there's a system something is making things work yeah. yes they may not have worked the way it should be but at least there's a system we all work in organizations so i worked in a co-hospital and i know that in a co-hospital there were departments I went to account departments when I first got there to go and register so that my name would be on their list so that they can pay me salaries at the end of the month. I was in the pharmacy unit of the of the hospital. They were pediatric unit. They were so these are these are actually examples of systems, and there are different people adding and managing those systems. Okay, now as 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 um, as an individual running a business, I always viewed. The business to be something that we eventually evolve to the point where we have to put systems in place to make it run. I attend a church. I go to Daystar Christian Center. I've seen how a church like that has run efficiently, smoothly, without without itches. Nobody is running her task because um, the light just went off or because um, they're asking, "We're supposed to do this. Where are you?" You know, when you when you allow individuals. Which is what has been a problem for our country. When you allow, in the, when you allow a business to be built around an individual, the day that individual is not there, every other thing collapses around that business. Yeah. And so, we have the same with our country. We have the same with most businesses you see around, where the owners and the founders are the, uh, pillars. the pillars of the business. And there's nothing wrong in those things. But, just like I wrote in the book, we need to get to the point where we are able to build systems that run with or without us. So I think, take an example, in this organization, for example, in the last, uh, between 2019 and date, we've had key, key people have left these organizations. I mean, people that we've groomed and invested so much, they've left this organization. Either the Jakpa syndrome, they, they caught the bug, <laughs> or, you know, majority of them caught the bug and left. But guess what? Because we've always been deliberate about building systems, and we we are still doing it because it's not it's not it's not it's not a one day affair. Yeah. But the mentality and the mindset has always been build system, build system, build system. Because when you build system, systems we we, we 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 build the business. Okay, so we've been very deliberate about that, and that's what we've been trying to do, and we'll continue to do. And even when those key key guys left the system, the system was still running. Why? Because there's a system in place, and I think that. It's very important for anybody that wants to go into business. Fine, you start your business, you are the entire system. But always have it at the back of your mind that this business that you are doing is not about you. It's about the people that you are serving and the people that is helping you to serve those people. Okay? And once you have that mindset, 
in place, you will find out that it's easy for you to delegate responsibilities. You have situations where bosses are competing with their star performer. Somebody is working in an organization, the person is doing great. Because you are the boss, you are, you are, you are, you are seeing the person as a threat. No! Empower the person. Let the person grow through the systems. It doesn't take anything away from you. We all have our roles and our responsibilities yeah. to play. Just stay on your track as much as is possible. Bottom line, bottom line, nothing survives for a long time without systems. If it rises and falls on one individual, the day that one individual leaves the, the show or the, um, the, the stage, that system collapses. So I strongly believe that in every, in every business, okay, so we are streamlining down to business, in every business, we must learn to build systems System. in every business, yeah. I think another thing now is which you very rightly mentioned in yeah. the book um, when you were talking about systems or the place of, for example, having checks and balances and yeah. some of those checks and balances come in the, in the, in the process of corporate governance yeah. and I've been looking at corporate governance a lot recently in the past mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. few weeks and mm-hmm. aside from the fact that a board should probably be there, should mm-hmm. come in somewhere at some yeah. point a lot of things you have said has tied into being able to know that this is how things should go, yeah. this is how they should run, and that is where corporate governance even Comes starts yeah. from. Yeah. So it's not even about when the board starts. But yeah. now I want to also look at, you also mentioned about the board in your book, right? When exactly should a small business, for example, you have, you have talked about people who have ideas now, mm. right? And there are so many young people around that mm. have ideas. They are probably building businesses. Mm. It might even just be a brick and mortar pharmacy yeah, they yeah. build. But when, when exactly should they now begin to think of the points where they now have a board and having people to kind of guide? If you ask me, I would say from day one. If you ask me, I would say from day one. The truth is, you don't have to go through the learning process alone. You can leverage, for example, if it's not possible. I have several years of, um, of experience in retail pharmacy. I have years of experience in hospital pharmacy. I have years of experience in wholesaling and distribution, right? I have a stint in manufacturing. It's not possible for somebody who left school yesterday to know 10% of what I already know. Exactly. Because the person will have to go through that experience. But guess what? The person can actually know if the person connects connects to me i'm using me as an example yeah. now so if the person connects to me i'm not and i'm not saying i'm not saying this because i'm asking for people to connect to me <laughs> uh, that's what i that's what I, i'm saying i'm just using that as an, as an analogy that if the person comes to me and sit down just like we are sitting now and we are talking and he's asking the critical questions i will speak from my experience just like i, I used the, you know we started this conversation i talked about my meeting with um, julie pharmacy yeah. and him sharing some experiences that i said i was actually going through at that time as it is so you will have i i have over 25 years experience as a pharmacist i can share my 25 years experience with you who only have just one or two years and you will condense that experience and begin to work with you and i said in the book that you don't have to experience it yes you don't have to you can actually know the things that people that are born ahead of you know without necessarily experiencing it so if to the back to your question I think that every business should start with a board immediately. The board does not have to be uh, 
a massive board. It could be one or two people. People, bottom line is that make sure you have people that you report to. Don't be the alpha and omega of your business. When you are the alpha and omega of your business, the best you can be is what you know. But when you have people that you report to, you have people that you talk to, you engage, you engage with, they are able to guide you. They can see a lot. I, I said that there's a way a man sits on a tree and he's not seeing what somebody else who is sitting on the ground is seeing. Yeah. It's all about experience. Time. You can't, you can't buy it in the market. So, back to your question. As soon as you can possibly set up a board for a business, set it up. There's no particular time, per se, in my own opinion. And I like the word you use. It's all about corporate governance, okay? When you set up a board and your board is willing to help you, they will ask you questions. There's always that temptation. When you are the alpha and the omega of your business, you dip your hand in your money, you do a lot of things you, that you don't have any business doing, nobody questions you, so you do anything you want to do. You will not do it for like five, ten years. Then the day you not do an evaluation, you not say, ah, if only I knew, I would not have done this. But by then, if years have already gone, but if from day one you are reporting to to a group of people, they may not even take anything from the money. They may not, you may not pay them anything. The mere fact that you are you know that you are going to you are accountable to somebody will keep you in check, and that is the beauty of having a board. Now the board can come in the form of they are actually investing in you. They can also come in the form of, they are not investing in you, they are just interested in your business growing. And some of them, some of those people you are, you are talking about, so they don't even ask you for a couple. They, some of these things, some people are in the board as a corporate social responsibility. That's their own way of giving back to humanity, giving back to society, giving back to, to young people. I mean, how much can a young business pay, <laughs> pay somebody who has yeah. paid his price and done his bit and is, is good where he is? But... They also know too that the older people, what I mean, they are, the older people, I'm not in that category yet. I'm still a young pharmacist. <laughs> the older people know that they are leaving the stage already. Yeah. And the only way they can truly live a legacy and live some form of continuity is to begin pass to pass on the knowledge. So, so anytime you are starting a business, Corporate, uh, corporate governance says you should start with your business. That's just that's from day one. So from, from the get go, yeah. corporate governance should be in check. Yeah. And I think to I didn't, I, I didn't have that opportunity. I didn't have that understanding. I didn't have that knowledge. But if I were to start all over again from scratch, I would do it. I may have done it in my own way. Maybe they didn't call it a board, but I, I, I had family, I had friends who were watching me and asking me questions. I mean, I was not reporting to them officially, but they were watching me and they were asking me questions. Mm-hmm. And so when the time came for for that uh, board to be, to be structured, to be structured it was very easy for us to transit in that direction. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that's great. And I think everything you're still saying and even about talking about sharing experience and all that kind of ties to why exactly this podcast was started. Because Personally, I'm a person that believes that believes deeply in being able to speak to people, learn from their experience, mm. and then now begin to apply that personally. Because, like like you said, a lot of things would have happened previously, and there's no need to experience it when you can actually get new experiences. And then what would mean would be that you're learning from what people have done, mm. but then you can now apply it to the current situation. Current situation, mm. exactly. So um, that will take me on to another principle, and mm. um, then we can now close after talking about it, which is the principle of negotiation. Personally, I've seen it a lot in my life, being, um, in terms of when I've looked at some certain things and I felt like 
just being able to ask, can I do this mm. or can I do that? It has actually been the big marker to say I enjoy exactly what I'm doing. Um, so this isn't about me totally. So we'll go back to talking about you now. So in the book, you, there was a quote I picked up from there which says, life gives you what you ask for. If you ask for nothing, life gives you whatever is available. Mm-hmm. So how can someone, young people, a lot of us, we have so many things going through our head, so many ideas, so many things we want to do. Mm-hmm. But how can you streamline to know exactly what to ask for from life? I understand there's a place of prayer, there's a place of um, probably critical thinking, mm-hmm. trying to look at your vision. But what practical way? Can someone pick to actually be able to say, I'm asking something of life? Mm. I, think, I, think, I think for me, I would say, what is that thing that actually gives you... When you go to bed in, at night, you want to sleep, you can't sleep. Okay, so I was walking somewhere and I saw a lot of gap and I was like, why is it like this? Why can't it be like this? Until you are able to find a way to answer those questions you will not probably be able to know the kind of questions you should ask life for that's that's i'm trying to bring it i'm trying to bring it practical so what are you passionate about what you what do you wish should have been that is not and the question is why is it not because it's very easy for you to join the bandwagon of accepting the status quo you must always question the status quo. It is in questioning the status quo that is when you can have an engagement. And that is when you can have negotiations. You cannot have negotiations if you are not engaging. Am I right? Yeah. You, can't, you can't negotiate what you are not engaged in. So, first and foremost, why is something like this? Why can't it be like this? If you are thinking of a better way of doing something, then you will engage with that thing. And in your engagement, you will have to negotiate. I, I'm just trying to bring out a practical way because there's no there's no one way one size fits all. We all have different um, we all have different um, situations. We have we all have different circumstances. Okay, the kind of negotiations I even I even mentioned in the book were negotiations that were very direct. You are in a meeting. You are negotiating yes, over something. Of course, but I, I I talked about the fact that even in our everyday life, when you woke up this morning. You negotiated. Yeah. Should I come and do this interview? Should I not? I also negotiated. Ah, I've given this guy. Um, I've given this. I've given. Um, I've given you a one o'clock. Was it a one o'clock one appointment? O'clock appointment. Yeah. Should I keep to this one o'clock appointment or should I do something else? Yeah. And tell this man that maybe we should reschedule or something. It's all a negotiation. Each time you take a decision, you are negotiating. So it's not anything uh, complex. It's just, just like you said, it is just your convictions. And your convictions come from what you believe. You may have prayed about something and you have a strong um, impression in your mind. And that becomes your conviction. And that drives your engagement and ultimately the opportunity to negotiate. Wow, great. So, invariably, I think this is something I've heard a lot of people say, and which is something that you would definitely do even if you are not going to be paid for it. What's that? Like something, if, if you want to actually pursue something, yeah, something that you know that you will do, even if you're not going to be paid for, you are happy doing it. Yeah, that's your passion, usually. And when you are, when you, when you finally get that, yeah. 
your life is a joy. You are, you experience joy. <laughs> you just love what you are doing. Yeah. Exactly. So um, I'll move on to another thing now, which is something I always ask everybody that's on the show, which is challenges that have been faced in the years to, that, that have passed. So um, you mentioned a lot of challenges, numerous challenges. You mentioned one about the negotiation that got Ori in the principle of negotiation, the economic downturns and how those things affected business. But which one would you consider to be kind of like the biggest challenge you've experienced in public business and career, even if it was not mentioned in the book? Interestingly, I actually mentioned in the book two of we have, we have like two or three that's 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 two that. The biggest of them was when we were compelled to leave our, our facility where we were doing our business. We were evicted from the facility. Okay? And um, it was a challenge. We've been there for like eight years. We've expanded within that facility, newly renovated the facility to fit what we were trying to achieve. Only for the owners of the property to say, we are demolishing this property because we want to build something different. And we're like, at what point did you realize that you're going to demolish the property? After you've collected the rent from us, we've spent money. So that in itself was a major challenge of the business because at that point in time, we could easily have lost it all. If you don't have a facility as a wholesaler, it's not now that there's technology, we're talking about 2013, not now that there's technology where most people can actually do their transactions online, they don't necessarily have to come. Yeah. Then there was, the technology was not, was, the, uh, was not fully embraced at that time. So it was a major challenge for us. So this thing started 2013 January and it didn't end until uh, 2013, uh, October 2013, October 15, 2013, you know, so we were, we were practically, they were demolishing the facility while we were still inside. That was how bad it was now. Now, it was a challenge because this demolition was taking place. It was against every sense of reasoning. It was against every sense of, every form of law. It was against everything that you can possibly think of. The law was supposed to protect us because we had just renewed our rent yeah. and one month later we were given a quick notice to leave in six months. Ordinarily, the law should protect us, right? Yeah. It was unreasonable for you to collect rent from somebody and then give the person a quick notice. notice. So against every form you can possibly think of. But you know, I, I, I'm a Christian and I, don't, I cannot uh, run away from my faith and my beliefs. In my place of prayer, I was comforted by the fact that even in, even in the midst of this challenge, God assured me that he was with me and assured me that he was going to sort me through the challenge. And that was exactly what happened. I said, God led us step by step to where we are today as a business. And when we look back, we said, thank God that we were that the place was demolished and we were chased out of that place. Even though the circumstances were not the best of circumstances, but at least it brought us to a better place. So that was one very key challenge. Of course, the next challenge was the fact of, was it, was it your forest? And I mentioned it in the book, yeah. where we were owing a whole lot of money and the Naira 
was devalued overnight in when the new government came in in 2015. Uh, by 2016, we needed to pay those monies. What we were supposed to pay, I'm going to use a hypothetical figure. As we were supposed to pay 100 naira to upset our uh, foreign uh, transaction, we now needed 300 naira to upset the same, and we had already finished. The product. The product. So the question where are we going, where were we going to get two hundred naira more to add to the hundred naira that we already had that we're supposed to pay? Now that was also very very challenging. But that was where the issue of engagement and negotiation came in because that was how we were able to engage and negotiate in in the sincerity of our heart. Because the idea was it was easier for us to abandon the business and not pay that money but like i always tell people you must see the bigger picture if you abandon the business and not pay back the money first you have you are you are setting up a very bad reputation for your country you are setting up a very bad reputation for you as a person and of course for the business and you must look at that implication what it has for the young people coming today it is possible that tomorrow somebody somewhere young woman says we go to that country where we do business with and the mere fact that they are doing business with a new high school so can be open door for that person. So if you burn that bridge, mm-hmm. you are not only burning it for yourself, you are also burning it for the future generations to come. I mean, the, the, the possibilities of what could go wrong are endless. So those were some of those very two key times in our business where we, were, where we had to deal with major challenges that could have actually wrecked the business. The others were minor Nigerian factors like Nepal is not there, somebody is stealing within the system. Those ones are, but they are, they are all challenges in business. They all form part of what you have to contend with in business. Again, your ability to build systems, your ability to build processes will minimize, in some cases, eliminate, but you will definitely go through some of those challenges. That's great. I think you've answered on how you say it. And because I had that question before, but you had talked a lot about it when we're talking about systems and then you even closed okay, it. Yeah, yeah, okay, so which is great. Yeah. Systems, systems, systems. Yeah. Simplifying yeah. things, like you said. Simplify, simplify, simplify. Yeah. So enough about challenges. Now yeah. I want to get to what would you consider to be maybe one of your proudest moments as CEO of New Heights Pharmaceuticals around the business? <laughs> What would I consider our proudest moment? What would I consider our proudest moment? I mean, I, every moment, every, for me, every moment has always been a thing of pride for us. Uh, when I say thing of pride, uh, one of our core values is humility, being humble. But our, our, our moment of pride is always around the fact that we are able to deliver on our promises. And we get people come back to us and say, wow, thank you. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Those are moments that we see a lot. So that's why I say there are lots of moments of, uh, of pride for us at CU. You know, when you are at CU and you say you are going to do X, Y, Z, and a customer comes and is shouting and screaming and angry and disappointed because you did A, B, C, not X, Y, Z. You know, it's, it's almost like you are defeating the purpose of which the business was set up. And so for me, each time the business met his obligation first and foremost to the internal customers and then to the external customers every time there are all times or moments of pride to me as a ceo because i always tell you i say 
being the CEO of an organization is not about me as a person. It has never been, and it will never be me about me as a person. It's about what the business is able to do. Just like I said, first to the internal customer and then to the external customer. The internal customers are the staff of this organization. The internal customers are the people we service, service the people that do business with us in one way or the other. And honestly speaking, they are all periods where we derive a lot of pleasure and satisfaction for a job well done. Do we always get it right all the time? Definitely not. But we, as an organization, we constantly are looking for opportunities to improve on any service we are providing to our customers. And for me, these are the, uh, there's no one standard occasion that I would say this is, it's a bit of a challenge. I can't think of any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's good. You, you've spoken about a number of relationships, um, talking about pharmacy daddy, pharmacist Julie, yeah. Mazi Sam, and all. Yeah. So um, I also want to get to understand like what relationships, aside those ones, is there any particular relationship that you'd have said that has really catalyzed your journey from the beginning when you started at nothing mm-hmm. to when you it is today? And then the next layer will be how did you go? about building those relationships and how can young people also learn to begin to build those kind of relationships okay um so when i was in school we had an opportunity of coming for what you call an excursion my class and we came to a pharmacy in Oshodi. talking of um, i'm sure that was probably 1992 or 1993 i'm not very sure and we were taken to a pharmacy actually, Alpha Pharmacy. And when we got back, we said, wow, so this is how a pharmacy is in Lagos. <laughs> yeah. Of course, when I came back to Lagos, um, somewhere along the line, I met with the um, chairman of Alpha Pharmacy, who, for the purpose of this interview, is now the chairman of New Ice Pharmaceuticals, board of directors. And um, we connected because we have, you know we've talked about i've talked about the fact that you can learn from other people's experience you yeah. can leverage on relationships and all that stuff we've, we've connected and for for most part of my pharmacy business career is somebody that i've always mm-hmm. gone to relate with and ask for guidance and ask for direction and, and stuff like that another person in mind would be the md of uh, Nemit Pharmaceuticals, Mr. Ernest Okafor, who, who was ahead of us in this business, who when we wanted to start New Ice Pharmaceuticals, we went to meet and said, look, sir, this is what we are thinking of doing. And he was magnanimous in opening up his hand to say, look, come, we need a lot of this kind of um, business to be able to take back, in quote, to be able to take back wholesale and distribution, uh, uh, pharmacy wholesale and distribution. So, those are relationships that I've nurtured over the years and um, uh, I think that the most important thing in relationship is your honesty and your integrity and not the fact that you are trying to see what you can get from the next person. But if you come... And, and, and there's nothing wrong in trying to see what you can get from the next person, especially if it is information and knowledge. Yeah. But when you are interested in what you can get from the, from the next person, more from a selfish perspective, more from how you can get money, the best thing you can get from every relationship 
is mentorship. Mentorship in the sense that they can guide you, they can cancel you, but you will still have to do the work. You don't build relationship by going to meet people and say, ah, I need money, I need this, I need that. No. It is easier for them to give you, to give you, to teach you how to catch the fish than for them to give you fish. It is easier for them because they know a lot of the mentors, a lot of those people that have gone ahead of us in this industry, they know that if you catch the right information and run with it, sooner or later, you will be making impact and you will lighten their own body. And you will still make that money you are trying to make. And you will make the money that you are trying to make. So, relationships is based on uh, integrity, uh, being honest, being open, and... Um, yeah, you can grow those relationships that way. Continue to, uh, you know, a lot of time, most of the time, we, we do do relationships it's only when we have need. That's when we run to those relationships. No. Keep in touch. Con- stay connected. Not as if you must be going to knock on people's doors every day, every now and then, but just maintain the relationship in a civil and responsible manner. And once you can sustain it over the years, people are different, of course. Um, but if you can maintain it over the years that way, then you'll be able to keep your relationship that you can leverage on when you need to leverage on them, yeah. Yeah, great. So, um, in speaking, you, have, you also talked about um, taking back the market. And I think that's a challenge, that's a burden, even if it's not something I personally would want to pursue, that's a burden I think still needs to be taken in terms of the um, scattered distribution mm-hmm. systems. We don't have uh, more of the coordinated things. Mm-hmm. PSN, PCN are doing a lot of things to want to mm-hmm. structure those things. But you mentioned having businesses that will take back mm-hmm. that particular thing. So are you also still now saying that a lot of young pharmacists should look at this as something they want to go into in terms of wholesale distribution and making the system a bit more structured? Yes, I think, I think a lot of young pharmacists can come into the wholesale and distribution business and join to make the system a bit more structured. I will use this quote. They say, if you want to change an existing system, don't fight that system. Build a better system. So, in those days when we were growing up, when we were growing up, you have to, you have to use your phone to do green green, Right now, our phone is in a smart form. Okay, it's the same thing. If we want to change the system, we have to create better systems than the existing system, and that is exactly what we have tried to do as professionals. I mean, I I belong to a group of uh, wholesalers and distributors. We call ourselves Pharmaceutical Wholesalers and Distributors Association of Nigeria. It's a group. Um, We are pharmacists majorly. And what we are trying to do amongst ourselves is to create a better system that will make uh, retail pharmacies, hospital pharmacies not have any reason to go to those places they usually go to where they are exposed to all kinds of uh, uh, counterfeit medication, poor storage, storage, all those stuff. We are trying to provide that. You see, you cannot tell them not to go to those places when you have not provided alternatives for them. So we are like the alternatives. It's not enough for us to be alternative. We have to be an adequate alternative. And that is what we all try to do in our various businesses, members of Polder. And that is what we hope younger pharmacists who are looking up at this opportunity should aspire to. 
if they come and join us, they also create opportunities as well for, for, for the retail space, for the hospital space, to know that they can buy their medication from a different source. And I think that's um, the best way to take back, in quotes, um, wholesale and distribution from those that don't have any business. In I mean, there are a lot of people that are non-pharmacists who are doing wholesale and distribution, and they are doing a good job of it. That's not what we are talking about. We are talking about those that are bastardizing the, the business, selling fake, selling substandards, poorly stored, stored medication, all those things that they do that without knowing that they are actually causing more harm to citizens of this country. Wow, so yeah. that, that's great. So people should actually look into getting into the system and making it better instead of just... Like yes, and, and I will say this, you can either get into the system by setting up a host and distribution system or come and work in a Westland distribution system. In New Ice Pharmaceuticals, for example, we take people for internship. But I look at a lot of those pharmacies that come in for internship and I'm like, they don't seem to understand the opportunities that they have. Because the mindset is always, if you're a pharmacist, either you work in retail, you work in hospital, or you go and you do the lazy, I, use, I call it the lazy option, which is to go and work in NAPDAC or PCM, where there's no, <laughs> there's no real uh, action, it's just more of administration. I use the word lazy, not that I'm saying but most of, them, most of them want to go to those places because they think they are avoiding. Of course, uh, because you are a, an intern, they don't get to. I don't know, but I, feel, I have a feeling that they don't get to give you a lot of um, responsibilities, you know. Because I know that the pharmacists that are working in those places are fantastic and they are doing a, a great job. So I'm not referring to those ones. Yeah. I'm talking of the interns that are looking for the lazy option. They probably want more time to be able to do locum and all that, you know. So uh, all those are. <laughs> I talk to some of them and I see, I can see through them that these guys are not. This one year of internship, they are not even staying. They are, they are not even focusing and learning. It's supposed to be a year of learning. So, so for someone that does not know what new right, pharmaceuticals does, mm. I know you do also. You know you do distribution. Oman is in almost every house mm. in Nigeria of a person that actually lives with chronic disease. There are the temperate the thermometers for mothers and children. So. To the most minute possible way, um, can you give a brief roundup of what New Ice Pharmaceuticals does? So maybe people that are looking from outside, they are seeing it as, okay, these people are just doing old sales, right? So they can have a clear understanding of this is what really happens in this space. Okay, so New Ice Pharmaceuticals, we are all about delivering quality healthcare products and services, full stop. What you was a quality healthcare products and services. And you see, if, if, you, if you listen very well, I, I'm deliberately using the word healthcare, not pharmaceuticals. Because a lot of the time, if the average pharmacist is so fixated with pharmaceuticals, products, pharmaceutical products, pharmacy is beyond pharmaceutical products. Pharmacy is all about healthcare, if you ask me. So what we do is deliver quality products and services to the retail uh, channels, to hospitals, to health institutions in Nigeria, in West Africa, in the role of Africa, and across the world, if we have the opportunity, that's that's what we are looking at for. Okay. Presently, we 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 uh, we have um, business operations that involves pharmaceutical wholesaling and distribution. We have uh, medical devices marketing. We have our own pharma range product that we are also marketing. Contract manufactured for us. Uh, and 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 um, and so on and so forth. We have interest in um, in in managing and supporting and managing retail stores. 
we share we hope that one day we'll be able to uh, get involved in the hmo and hospital related activities so you see that is the whole it's, it's the old healthcare the together exactly that's, yeah that's 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 our that's our um, hope and aspiration some of those hopes and aspirations are already um, being, actualized. being actualized some are still in the pipeline but we are a business that wants to be in the entire supply chain for healthcare from whether it is importation or manufacturing to the man on the street now that is a vision for new high pharmaceuticals that has partly been fulfilled and the other portions will still be fulfilled but it all started from a wholesale business what that simply means is that you have to start from somewhere even if you are starting with nothing okay you have to start from somewhere and expand the vision as the business evolves how do you expand the business you see problems find a way how can this business in the way it is solve that problem how can you solve that problem you have to visualize it and grow capacity grow competence to solve that problem but you have to start from somewhere and that's starting from somewhere we mean taking up a job to work for for, for an organization that will help you gain enough knowledge to be able to solve that problem you know so it's it's it's, it's an open-ended um, but the beautiful thing about it is the fact that as a pharmacist, and that's, I, I don't know whether I'm rounding up now, whether I'm getting to the end of your question. <laughs> yeah, but, but as a pharmacist, you must appreciate the fact that you are in a very unique position. You are so well trained to be anything you want to be, just like you said in your opening speech. Don't limit yourself to, to just um, uh, paracetamol and vitamin C. Which is very important. Paracetamol vitamin C is very important. Yeah, some of the biggest. <laughs> but don't limit yourself to it. Think out of the box yeah. and come up with solutions that will truly add value to society within your pharma or healthcare space, as the case may be. All right, that, that, that's great. So you're talking about new items on a journey. Yeah, new so items on a journey. I also want to now look at you personally. This is a question I ask everybody, okay. and which is. Is there an exit planning, please? Are you saying I can, I, I can assure you, I'm not going to wait you to finish that question. I can assure you that there's an exit plan. <laughs> Definitely. I've told you about systems. We've talked about systems in the day. Yeah. You can't build a system and not have an exit plan. They have to be something bigger than you as an individual. Yeah. Not just the business. Okay, so for me, there's an exit plan. I can tell you, with just that uh, there's an exit plan yeah. i know how many years it is i know the my i know how many years it is for my exit plan to leave this position i'm not going to be i'm not a ceo for life or an md <laughs> for life like some people want to yeah. okay but the only way you will not be ceo for life or md for life is when you build systems and you allow people to grow to come up the rank and hopefully one day they should be able to push you out. If, yeah. In case you don't want to go, they should be able to push you out. <laughs> so that you can go out and go and look for other things that you can do beyond just being CEO of an organization. Yeah. All right. I mean, we have an example. Okay? There is a Bill Gates. Who is the founder of Microsoft. Yeah. But he's not the CEO of that business anymore. He has left. He's doing charity. He's touching life in his own way. I, some of us may not necessarily believe in, in what he's doing 100%. But... Is an example for example 
to as a reference mm. and there are loads and loads of them in nigeria so that's internationally let us come back to nigeria there is a fola adiola the founder of gt bank eh? for your generation or for your, those that are younger you may never know that there was one it was one time the ceo mm. and md of that bank there's even a recent one that some of you may even have known the access bank md he he's left the system mm. The business is running smoothly. Access Bank is running smoothly. GT Bank is running smoothly. There's the Jimovias of this world. They've left managing um, uh, Zenit Bank. It's, the bank is as a new CEO and all that stuff. So yes, build business, build system, and exit the, the... You can't stay there forever. Except if this business is all about you, yourself, and me, myself, and I. And that is a very wrong mindset in growing a business. So for sure, to answer your question, it's an exit. It's an fact. I don't want to say there's even a date. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think another thing now would be from. And you know what that means? It means that there's opportunity for somebody to come to into this system and become the CEO of this organization exactly. one day. Which is which is which is what which is what a lot of people aspire for when they go into an organization. That one day I can actually rise the rank. When the man is sitting down there, he's not going anywhere. You just say, well, after that. Nothing here, yeah, let me go and look for something. You know? Yeah. That's just it. Exactly. So I think another thing would be rising from the bottom, mm. getting to where you are today. Mm. If there was anything you could change, if there's if there's one thing you could change, what would that be? When you what, what bottom are you referring to here now? Like starting from the beginning, when you started, when you started your career. Mm. You know you mentioned about the you had already thought. I'm not doing internship, I'm not doing university, I never enjoyed it. But I made a comment. Yes. That I met God. Yes. So, and that was the beginning of my own career as well, as post student life. And to be honest with you, God has guided my steps in so many ways. So, I don't think there's anything that I could have done differently. Because I have always tried to do what I think God has laid in my heart to do. So really, in all honesty, there's nothing I could have done differently. My wish would have been, my wish, not that I would have done it differently, but I, some of the things that we are doing, I would have been, I wish we had done them much earlier. Yeah, yeah. But everything we are doing today, we are doing it because strongly, as an organization, as a business, and as a person, I feel that God has led us. In that there's direction. Conviction, yes. 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 So I think that there's something I would definitely not leave behind, and I okay. want you to talk on it. Yeah. A lot of times we have spoken, even right from the first day we spoke, we spoke about the jackpot syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'll leave it very open ended. Yeah. Yeah. So, as much as you want to speak about oh, it, okay. anything you want to say on that particular topic, because personally, I would also maybe want to shed a bit of light on what I think on my own side mm. and which is the fact that a lot of people when they decide to leave they just want to leave there's no reason for leaving yeah. and then you are going somewhere is there a possibility to grow there and maybe replicate that when you come back or something but people are fixated on let just me just, just go leave. let me just go so I want to get what should someone who wants to leave or wants to stay mm. what should be the orientation okay you see, this Jaguar syndrome is a narrative that has been sold to young Nigerians. This belief that if you don't live here, you can't make it. This place is too difficult. This place is too this. This place is too that. That's all you hear. But guess what? 
a lot of things are happening in this country. People are doing major stuff in this country that a lot of young people are not even aware of. And they are not asking questions. So, for some of us that are privileged to travel out of the country, we know that when you are traveling out of the country, you see a lot of Nigerians in the plane going. But when you are coming back, you see more foreigners coming. Why are they coming? If there is nothing meaningful, you think they love you so much. <laughs> they don't love you. They don't love you. Make no mistake about it. It's like Afghanistan saying that America loves them. But we have seen what happened. There is no body anywhere in the world that will come and solve your problem for you. You are the one that will solve your problem by yourself, for yourself. And so, each time our young professionals leave this country, they create room for foreigners take their to take their space. Because that space could easily have been taken by them. I agree that issues, I agree that there are uh, uh, complications in this country. Security, um, uh, lack of opportunities if they don't create opportunity for you create it for yourself if there's no door to knock construct a door and knock it look beyond the narrative that's what i'm trying to say i tell you look beyond the narrative let me tell you what no matter how rosy it is abroad it is never like it is your country unfortunately unfortunately a lot of people are not listening. They're just saying, let me just go, let me just go. I will tell you this. This is not the first time that this Jaguar bug has bugged this country. As a young boy in secondary school, we there's a song that says, Andrew, not check out to stay and build your country. Nigeria go survive. There was a Jaguar bug then. A lot of people were checking out of the country. It was a government advertisement encouraging people to stay. That was in the, in the 80s. During Abasha's time, it was another round of Jackpot. So this thing happens every 10, 10 years. But guess what? A lot of people that run away, those that ran away in the 80s, that ran away in the 90s, that ran away in the 2000s, okay. go and ask them. Before you Jackpot, ask them. Majority of them, they want to come back. They don't have a way. They don't know a way to come back. I have a lot of pharmacists who are practicing abroad who are always asking me, what is the way forward? I say, there's no way forward for you. You have jackpot. <laughs> if you want to come, exactly. come and stay. Yeah, if you want to come, come and stay. And put your feet on the ground. Don't, don't try to come back from afar. You will not get what you want. If you jackpot, you will be comfortable. I mean, you will you'll drive a nice car. You pay your bills. You will live a comfortable life. But you will not truly find that fulfillment that comes with adding value to people, especially your kind, who needs you more than anything else. So, my encouragement to young people, and, and, and there's nothing you can do about the fact that people must always go. go. Because even in the Americas, some people are living in America to, to Europe, some people are living in Europe to Canada, some people are living in Canada. So, there's always that movement, there's no doubt about it. So, and that is not the one we are referring to. It is this, this, um, this, how do I describe it? This, in a way, it's almost like senseless, the way people are mindless saying, just mindless, leave. just mindless exit, you just want to leave. Sit down, do your analysis. Be sure that you are one of those that should leave. 
Not that you are leaving because your friend left. Okay, so me as a person, I don't do things because other people are doing it. And I try to pass that information to a lot of young people. Don't do anything because other people are doing it. Uh, the Bible like I say, don't follow the multitude to sin. That is for sin. Don't follow the multitude to Jackmine just because the multitude are Jackmine. What, what, what makes you think that Jackmine is the solution to your problem? Everybody is different. So identify what your issues are and make sure that Jackmine is the solution before you Jackmine. Or else, stay in this country, come up with solutions, join to build those solutions. You will have your opportunities, I can assure you. And you will have one day you will travel and stay weekend and come back. Because you have solutions. I mean, it, I, I'm telling you from my own personal experiences. You will have opportunity of traveling, stay two, three days and you are back. Because you have more important things, things to do here than staying there. So you can actually enjoy the best of both worlds. If you do your, uh, if you do your own work very well and you find solutions. Because here is, there's too many problems here. And wherever there is problem, like I said in the beginning of this conversation, there is money. If you can solve the problem, you will make money. If you go to the US, go to Canada, they have solved all their problems. The problem that they are trying to solve now is whether man should marry man or whether woman should marry woman or whether uh, all those things that we hear in Nigeria. Those are the kind of issues that they deal with over there. I don't know if you're something. Yeah. They're not dealing with, not dealing with the issues that we're dealing with. Here. They are, they are more, they are, their issues are more of social issues than uh, uh, foundational issues. We, yeah, we are dealing with foundational issues. So stay here and solve those problems. You have opportunity of becoming a big gate in Nigeria. You have opportunity of becoming another Dangote in Nigeria. You don't have a, you don't have those, for every hundred Nigeria that travels abroad, probably only one or half will be a big gate or a Dangote over there. But for every hundred that stays back, 90% of them can actually become something. They can actually blue, can actually become big if they pay the price and do what they are supposed to do over the years to come. Yeah, so ultimately, as young people, we should be fixated on being able to add value. Add value. And, and if you are truly adding value, the best, where is the best place to add value? Where there are problems. Where there are problems. And where is the problem? Yeah, in Nigeria. And I'm not saying people should not jack out, people should not travel. That's not what I'm saying. Everybody have their different, different uh, pathway to life. But make sure that you are not joining the bandwagon. You are not jackmining because it is a, it is a, it is a raining thing. Everything that is raining will, will pass away. When it passes away, what happens? Yeah. See? Rapid fire questions now. A few questions. You don't need to think about them. Yes. Straight, to the, straight point, to the point. Okay. So the first one is, what is the best career advice you have received? In 7 to 10 words. <laughs> the best career advice I have received? Stay focused. Just stay focused. Stay focused. Okay. Next one. Is Whatever you are doing. Yeah. Put your energy and your attention to it and do it and do it. Be the best at what you are doing. So excellence. Excellence. <laughs> so if there was um, what one thing do you know now mm. that you wish you had known earlier when you started the business? To be honest with you, I don't have any, I don't have I don't have much I don't have much regrets as far as my business mm. because I've tried to always do what I think by putting this system yes, in my heart what has been laid in my heart to do I've always tried to do it. So if there were three ingredients mm. that someone wanted to cook up a successful career, mm. 
what would these three ingredients be? <laughs> it's still the same thing we are talking about now. You know, you are bringing the question in a different format. The same thing. What is your what? Is, you see, you see. I use the word focus. Are you allow me to talk a little about that? Yeah. I use the word focus because a lot of I tell I tell people in, in my in my when I have a opportunity of talking to young man, I tell them, I say, look, one of the reasons why a boy that was brought from the village to learn the trade of pharmacy and somebody who had gone to pharmacy school the boy that was brought for the village to learn the pharmacy he always succeeds he makes more money than the person who had gone to pharmacy school the reason is simply focus the guy from the village had been focused on learning this and opening a store somewhere and focusing on that business the guy that has gone to pharmacy school has gone to pharmacy school. He has too many options. Should I go to the hospital? Should I go to the to open a retail pharmacy? Should I go to public health? Should I go to? He's confused. Should I go to manufacturing? He doesn't even know which one he wants. He has not made up his mind. And so the guy who was brought from the village to learn the trade of pharmacy ends up employing him to come and be his to come and be his superintendent pharmacist. Can you see the problem? Yeah. So my best career advice for young pharmacists is that. Make up your mind what you want to do and focus on it. You know why? Because five, ten years down the line, you will see the, the results of that focus. Why some people are still trying to decide their mind? They do something for two years, something for three years. They are testing, like B, testing flower, testing this, testing this. Yeah, you that, is, that knows where you want to go to, you have already gone miles ahead. So, my best career advice is there are not too many. So, so you have actually even answered the next question, which was because I was going to say if there was anything, if anybody listening to this conversation was not going to take anything, mm. and if they wanted, if they had to take just one thing from this conversation, mm. what would that be? And I will add to it: focus, be be innovative, try to do the same thing differently. Technology has helped us in so many ways along those lines. Try to do the same thing that everybody has been doing. Try to do it different. If you must do the same thing, do it differently. Stay fo- focused. Thank you yeah. so much, sir. So, um, finally, mm. if Mr. O from 20 years ago looked at you today, what would he say to you? <laughs> He'll be proud of himself. <laughs> He'll say, ah, you have, you have tried, my boy. <laughs> you know, let me tell you what. I read, I read a book, and I think everybody should go and read that book. And I'd actually, I'd actually taken my money, bought about a hundred copies and gave it to young pharmacist then, I'm talking about five, six years ago. It's called the Instant Millionaire. Okay. I think I should add that to my reading list. It's called the Instant Millionaire. <laughs> it's a simple book. I read it some twenty-something years ago. But in that book, the book helped me to write down where and what I want to be. By the time I turned 50. And when I look back at what those things were, I've since <laughs> gone far ahead, exceeded them much more than my widest expectation. And they looked so big there when I wrote them. So my younger Mr. O writing them that I and me now, they are two different things, Charlie. But all of those things we achieved. So, for anybody, a young pharmacist today, you are looking at 20 years from now, you are looking at 25 years, 30 years from now. Write it down. Tell yourself that this is what I want to be. I want to be able to. I've written, I've written new ones. 
and I'm um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've written new. Yes, you you you, you, you can go back and go and update it. Yeah. I've written new ones and I'm chasing those ones. But in all that you are doing, be focused, be innovative. Make sure there is. I didn't add this. Make sure that you have integrity. Be honest with yourself and with the people you deal with. Don't ever compromise on integrity. Because that is probably the biggest currency you have to becoming successful in life. Integrity. <laughs> integrity. And integrity is, 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 is that's several definition. Integrity, but integrity, integrity is that whatever you say you are, what, what you are is what you are. Not that you are this today, tomorrow you are that. Thank you so much. That this conversation has really been enlightening, and um, I think that's as much as we can take on this. We are super short. We are not looking at that. We don't want to. We don't want our. We don't want our twenty-five minutes. We are super short time. But I'm sure you were you editing and make it one hour. Maybe not, because I don't think there's any part I want to miss out. Okay. So thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for this opportunity. So at the end of every episode, I like to leave with a quote mm. and this quote is from the book the book was packed with so many, many quotes. quotes so i'm still saying it again you need to go and get this book and read the book because i know i would even still need to reread the book that's how rich it is um and you did mention even in the book in terms of i've been reading the bible year in year out and then you keep seeing new insights yeah, and i think that insight. comes with everything so this quote is from boye Oloyede, mm. and it says it is better to perfect your condition as you go than to wait till you have a perfect condition to start yeah. and i think that resonated a lot with me and i i saw it a lot in the person you are and i thought that had to be the perfect quote for this Thank episode Thank so you. If, if you enjoyed this episode make sure you leave us a rating everywhere you listen to podcasts Please share it. You can't allow conversations like this to not get out. You, we need as much people to get this information, run with it, and begin to thrive and, and do well in their careers. Also, don't forget to subscribe to PharmaBuzz. It's a PSNYPG newsletter. And you can do that at psnypg.substack.com. And try to follow us at PSNYPG on Instagram and PSN-YPG on Twitter. I know New Heights Pharmaceuticals is also online, so if you are able to share some of those um, social media and those or where people can find New Heights online. Yeah, at newheightspharma.com. And newheightspharma.com. So that's where you on find li- On LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram. Everywhere. So Everywhere. follow New Heights. Find New Heights. If you want to get into sales and distribution and you don't know where to start, maybe you should start by working at New Heights. <laughs> So uh, until next time when I'm back with another episode, you'll be listening to the voice of Nelson and pharmacist Okene Ochuko of Maroye. Thank you so much for listening and do not forget to continue to reach higher. <laughs>